take me back and tell me how you've done this, Larry. You're you're the godfather of technology. You founded this company. You're still thriving. You're still coming up with all these innovation things. And I could see how passionate you are. You're beating everybody. Um, and you came from such humble beginnings, grew up on the south side of Chicago, dropped out of college. Now you have collections of cars, jets, private homes, owning the island of, of Lanai. Tell me how you did it. Well, I think, I think my favorite line is I had all the disadvantages necessary for success. Oracle is one of the largest tech companies in the world, and we have all used it whether or not we know it or like it. Right, exactly. It touches all of our lives, and then it also is working with most other tech companies. So mm -hmm. it's one of those behemoths. It's not just big tech, it's giant tech, right? Yes. Its customers include the CIA, the Navy, the big banks, and corporations from AT&T to Dow Chemical, everyone in between. Every now and then we're going to be doing a deep dive into like either a tech billionaire or a tech company or something like that. And this week we wanted to tell you the story about Larry Ellison and his company, Oracle. People don't really know about Larry Ellison and Oracle, and that's probably because the product is not really direct to consumer. Like you and I don't have deals with Oracle, right? Mm -hmm. It's the companies that we all use to surf the internet or to buy things, whatever, that have deals with Oracle. It's a sleeper yeah. cell. A little a, bit. Like, I mean, you may have company. heard the name Larry Ellison when you look up the five richest men on earth, but like you don't know him like you know Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk. Yeah, he's not so much in the limelight. But right. he's a huge Republican donor, as I understand it. Huge Republican donor, huge supporter of like the Israeli occupation, huge supporter of Israel. Um, not for religious reasons. Right. He says it's because uh, he's really excited about Israel's tech sector. <laughs> yeah. um, he's just like, I love what these guys are doing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know they were Jewish. <laughs> but what? he's actually a Jew. I mean, he's just like me. He's a New York Jew. He was born in New York City and he dropped out of college just like me. Oh, my God. Are you the next Larry Ellison? I so. have been called that before. And the name is pretty apt, right? Because if you think of an oracle, you think of someone that has hidden knowledge that can tell you the truth, you know, knowledge the common mm -hmm. person doesn't have. Oracles is like a giant database of, of all other databases, right? And it kind of epitomizes the U.S. national security state and the privatization of that infrastructure, of all that surveillance, right? Because Oracle technically is a private company, but as we'll see, it has a lot of relationships with uh, the federal government. A method of sorting information that was vastly superior to anything that had come before. It was called a relational database. According to Gary Bloom, who worked with Ellison for 14 years, it was a complex name, but a simple idea. Relational database, what, you know, what, it, what is it? It's a collection of data and information that's very simply put into a format that makes it very easy to search and find that information. It's nothing more complicated than that. Here's how Larry Ellison, the founder and CEO, describes it. He says Oracle is, quote, used to keep track of basically everything. If the data is housed somewhere, Oracle knows about it. And he says, quote, the information about your banks, your checking balance, your savings balance is stored in an Oracle database. Your airline reservation is stored in an Oracle database. What books you bought on Amazon is stored in an Oracle database. Your profile on Yahoo is stored in an Oracle database. So clearly Oracle he said that. Oracle won't know if I read the books or not. Right. Yeah. But, well, they might if they also have access to. If your you good like, reads. Yeah. Or if you have a. Good or if you're reading it the as a PDF online, it will know. Um, God damn it. So clearly he said that quote in the early 2000s because he referenced Yahoo profiles, but the point still stands. It's probably even more true now than it was then. Okay, let's listen to this. This is him on Charlie Rose. 
way back. If you're a corporation keeping track of your inventory or your payroll, it's probably managed by an Oracle database. Uh, if you're a studio keeping track of your movie titles and movie clips and news stories, it's probably managed by an Oracle database. So we just keep track of all sorts of information from inventory to entertainment. Let's take it back a little bit, talk about the origin of it. Larry Ellison founded the company in 1977, remember that year, in 1977 with Bob Miner and Ed Oates under the name Software Development Laboratories. Bob and Larry were a perfect odd couple for Silicon Valley. Bob had all of the engineering smarts, the technical ability. Larry, on the other hand, had the sales ability, the visionary ability, the, the ability to go to a customer and explain, here's how your business can change. Then they changed their name a couple times. They changed it to Relational Software in 1979, to Oracle Systems Corporation in 83, and then finally to Oracle Corporation in 1995, which was the year I was born. Um, oh, wow. So Brag. As, so as we know, like the 90s, we're having the dot-com boom, right? So computers are becoming more and more popular in businesses, and most companies start to need some sort of database to function, and Oracle was there. In the 90s, Oracle gets this reputation of having the best software in the market, by far better than any competitors. That's in 1992 when their version 7 was released. Also, fun fact, they named the first version of their software Oracle version 2 because they thought people would be more likely to trust it. Oh, yeah. It is the beta. We swear. Yeah, we did it. We, we did all the research. This is the beta of launch of our tech podcast. Yeah, true. <laughs> this is Cargo Call. Cult version 2.0. Right now, the 10 largest internet sites in the world all use Oracle. Uh, 65 of the Fortune 100 uh, use Oracle for e-business. Other people advertise e-business a lot on TV, but overwhelmingly, e-business is done on Oracle. We have a huge lead in supplying technology for internet sites. Why? Because we do big better. We do big better. Over the years, they get even bigger and even better. In the 2000s, Oracle, over the course of that decade, buys over 50 other companies. The most recent one of those acquisitions was Sun Microsystems, which was valued at $7 billion. They bought that in 2010. And that kind of transforms Oracle from just a software maker to also a maker of hardware. And mm -hmm. it's actually interesting because at first the European Commission was like, eh, We don't like you don't doing know. too much stuff. Yeah, they're like, I You're don't know doing if you can buy stuff. <laughs> You're doing a little too much stuff. Like, we don't know if we want to let you buy Sun Microsystems, but we know from WikiLeaks cables that the U.S. pressured the EU to approve the acquisition, which it did. Well, it took it took a while, but uh, Oracle and Sun are now one company. We're very proud of that. We're very excited. Sun has, uh, has a wonderful heritage of engineering and innovation and all of this fantastic technology, that huge patent portfolio. So that's 2010. A couple customers of note, because like I said, they have a huge customer book. But probably the most interesting one, at least to listeners of this podcast, is the CIA. Um, remember how I said the company was founded in 1977? Mm -hmm. So very coincidentally, there was also a CIA project codename named Oracle in 1977. Oh, cool. It's very interesting. And C the CIA was actually Oracle's first customer. In the 1970s, information storage meant putting data on reel-to-reel -reel tape, which was just too slow and inconsistent for the CIA. And too slow for Ellison. CIA needed a relational database, like most large organizations, and so Oracle was created to do just that. We have all the ways we could yeah. kill uh, Hugo Chavez stored we, right here. We need here. it in a database, <laughs> exactly. But on a serious note, like you want to know 
what he's doing. You want to know who's around him. You want to know connections he has to other groups. You want to know who his enemies are domestically. Any organization needs a fucking database. It's going to be an intelligence agency, right? This is widely reported, like the fact that Oracle started as a CIA project Mm -hmm. and, you know, the CIA was its first customer. Gizmodo, mainstream media says, its founder would not have made his billions without helping to build the tools of our modern surveillance state. Mm -hmm. Business Insider, which actually I think is called Insider now, said Larry Ellison is a billionaire thanks to the CIA. So another guy, you know, another rich guy who's like kind of the beneficiary of government money like Elon Musk. A lot of these guys get a little uh, chunk of change from... From the Intel community. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that relationship obviously continues. Like, if you look at the current company leadership, there's some ex-CIA people there, like Leon Panetta, David Carney, and then the revolving door also goes in the other direction. So you have people from Oracle going to the CIA. And so obviously... Like when you hear that, let's say Cargo Cult becomes a big company and we need, we need mm, Oracle software it. or whatever to make its database, we're basically giving our information to the CIA, whether you like it or not. I mean, like it's not it's not surprising, but it, it's yeah, just how you it shouldn't, is. Yeah, anything you type up, the CIA knows about it. Right, and we are, they, are, they I'm sure, work with Apple, they work with, yeah. you know, Gmail, they work with... Um, if you're going to premeditate murder, keep it inside your brain right or write it on a post-it note away from yeah. any uh phones or laptops that may have a camera yeah post-its will help you organize I'm a, i want a storyboard of murder yeah storyboard <laughs> like on a whiteboard but just again make sure there's no phones nearby because the camera might capture it and definitely make sure you're not wearing apple's uh reality pro headset because uh, yeah it has a 360 camera um yeah of this murder, we have actually three live feeds. Yeah. <laughs> Oracle also works with the Pentagon. You know, this is not hard-hitting reporting. Like, these are very public partnerships. Uh, the Oracle website says that Oracle Cloud is advancing the Department of Defense mission success by delivering real-time intel to warfighters and securing command at the tactical edge. And so that lovely marketing language means mm-hmm. that all the data is being housed in Oracle servers. Oracle houses DoD data just like it houses most companies' data. Oracle also, in December 2020, announced that the CDC would be using Oracle's national health records cloud and Oracle's public health management application suites. Quote, the Oracle public health management application suite includes applications for managing the entire vaccination process from ordering the vaccine, tracking shipments and managing inventory to directly communicating with vaccinated patients via smartphones to collect safety data, such as side effects and adverse events. The Oracle national EHR cloud will serve as the CDC central data repository for all vaccination data in the US. Hmm. This national clearinghouse system will receive data from all U.S. jurisdictions administering vaccination. So all these huge organizations use their software. Oracle, like most huge behemoths of tech companies in the U.S., um, have a relationship with Israel. But this one is is special. Yeah, um, the companies they love what they're doing. So we love your work. The company's Israeli-American CEO even once said, quote, this is a free world and I love all my employees, but... If they don't agree with our mission to support the state of Israel, then maybe we aren't the right company for them. Oh, damn. (laughs) So the company is explicitly pro-Israel, whereas like most big corporations, like the leadership is, but it's not like a part of the mission statement, right? Yeah. But they're like, here's a little Israeli flag in the mission statement. They're they're in Israel. I mean, Israel is really a tech forward, Mm -hmm. um, which makes sense because it's such a small country so like it it makes sense for them to be 
Yeah, they've got to create something, you know, like hacking technologies like Pegasus. Right. That will hack into That improve people's, people's lives. Oh, no, yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay. Hack into journalists' phones like Khashoggi's phone, which they sell to the Saudi Arabian kingdom and or to Mexican authorities, some journalists that ended up dead mm. after they had their phones hacked by the Israeli company Pegasus. Which was a coincidence. A total coincidence. Now we get to Oracle and the Saudis. Sorry. Yeah, MBS's planned city, planned smart right. city. Giga city, which is going to have, like, you know, all this crazy stuff going on. Actually, let me... Um, we might need to do a Neom update. I, I love Neom. But this is, this is like a quick overview. This is Neom, or here to be more precise, in the northwest of Saudi Arabia. It's the vision for a new future. In fact, that's how it got its name. But what will be there? Well, there's Oxagon, a thriving industrial city at the crossroads of the world. Trojena, a year-round mountain destination. Sindala, one of Neom's many beautiful islands. And the line, a 500-meter-high, 200-meter-wide, 170-kilometer-long city in the shape of, well, a line. Every destination in Neom will offer unparalleled access to nature and will be powered by clean energy. Neom represents a global opportunity for, one, changing how the world does business, two, changing the way we live our lives, and three, changing how we look after nature and our planet. It will comprise 14 sectors, each designed to advance technology and push the very limits of human knowledge. Imagine Neom as a prototype for a better future. All right. Go listen to our earlier episodes about... The line. Did they show All of a this? bird slapping yeah. against <laughs> and the, dying? the line? <laughs> no, and they the and they didn't show. City. They didn't. They also didn't show the swimming lanes. <laughs> In July 2022, Oracle announced that Neom Tech and Digital will be partnering with the company to create its cognitive city. So all that stuff that we talked about in those earlier episodes, all that technology that's going to be powering Neom, mm-hmm. um, Oracle wants in. They want Oracle. Slice- not only wants in, but is going to be the reason it happens, right? Because you need the software on the back end. Of course. So Oracle is going to provide Neon with cloud services and its full suite of applications to power the cognitive cities that we talked about. When you hear about all this stuff that Oracle's doing, which is basically housing and analyzing all the data in all areas of our lives, obviously the question of privacy comes to mind. And there have been a few like privacy related stories over the years about Oracle, but the most recent one was uh, this past year in August when the company was hit with a class action lawsuit alleging that the company operates a quote, worldwide surveillance machine and earns billions by illegally selling the data. Uh-huh. So- What are you, a Chinese company, Oracle? Yeah. Well, funny you say that because, hold that thought. Holding. So here's what the litigants say. Oracle collects vast amounts of data from unwitting internet users like you and me without mm. their consent and uses this surveillance intelligence to profile individuals, further enriching profiles via its data marketplace and threatening people's privacy on a vast scale, including, they say, by the use of proxies for sensitive data to circumvent privacy control. So the litigants are basically saying that Oracle's illegally gathering and selling personal information of people who use the internet, which is all people, basically, and Oracle's violating privacy and federal wiretap laws, specifically the Federal Electronic Communications Privacy Act, California State Constitution, the California Invasion of Privacy Act, 
competition law and California common law. The reason that the lawsuit looks like this is because basically there's no all-encompassing federal like privacy law in the U.S. So mm. in order to make this privacy case, they have to reference all these different federal and constitutional laws, state laws, common law, right? Because there's no comprehensive federal privacy law in the U.S. yet. Yeah. Um, that's what we're fighting for here at Cargo Call. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there was a recent story about, like, Facebook not uh, taking or monetizing the information of the youth. They're fighting to be able to sell that data. So FTC, Federal Trade Commission, is proposing a rule Mm. that will protect kids and teens from having their data monetized. And... Facebook is like, no, we've got to sell them all this glitter and like slime, and we have so yeah, many. Yeah, like, things how are you not going to let warehouse. us profit off your kids' data? That's literally the whole point. Interesting. Facebook is misusing the data it gathers on underage users and wants to update federal privacy policy to ban Meta from profiting on information harvested from children and teens under eighteen. I mean, that sounds good, but I wonder why only children and teens under eighteen. I mean, obviously they should be more protected, but still. Wouldn't it be nice if that was just the entire Everyone. <laughs> business model was not to profit from information harvested from people? Yeah, it's just like, Where how you- are you going to stop this thing that's already like this blob that overtook all of our data? Like, it's impossible at this point. Right. Like, we've just had no meaningful legislation for so long that all these, everybody's like, my privacy is being invaded. There's this class action lawsuit, but it's like, there were no meaningful laws passed. Right. And when they're like, oh, TikTok is taking our data. China is taking our data. It's like, well. Yeah, well, why are they allowed to do that? Right. It's too late. Yeah. So in our first episode, we talked about TikTok and we talked about how there was a lot of talk about like, you know, TikTok should be allowed to operate in the U.S. because your data is going to China. Right. For the past few years, there's been talk about whether or not TikTok was going to be banned in the U.S. And basically the result of all of that talk was for Oracle and TikTok to create this partnership to basically ease that concern. So in 2022 of June, and this is kind of the reason why I thought we should talk about Oracle, since we did already talk about TikTok and Neom. In June of 2022, TikTok announced that it would start routing American users' data to Oracle servers. Yeah, and, and this was Oracle kind of, is the DOD buddy. Like, right, this Oracle this is good, the CIA right? company, exactly. Um, so now 100% of U.S. user traffic is being routed to the Oracle cloud infrastructure, um, according to the head of TikTok's U.S. security and public policy. So if you think about this in the context of all the fear-mongering about China taking your data, like this was the result. And mm-hmm. if you think about it from the perspective of the CIA, because effectively, if we're giving all the TikTok user data to Oracle, you're giving it to the CIA, that was a very successful campaign. Oracle, a key partner for ByteDance, is going to try and ring-fence the data of U.S. users so that only U.S. entities, U.S. companies, have access to it. It's a key demand of the US administration for keeping TikTok live here in the United States. And so now you have some like Republican lawmakers who are like, wait, what about banning TikTok? And it's like, (sighs) sorry, you guys were actually just kind of pawns for the intelligence community. Like, at least be consistent. If you want to be against, you know, children having their data collected, then do it for all companies, not just TikTok. But anyway, so Oracle now um, has TikTok's data. Um, Larry Ellison, I think he's the fourth richest man right now. Let's see mm-hmm. what he is. Yeah, I looked it up. He's fourth? Four. Get it together. Let's see I have not been keeping track of the richest man. Yeah. I'm just trying to find 
rich local men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rich men support our Patreon. Fluctuating. Okay, so dun, 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 let's get some theme music. Today's winners. Today's richest men. Today in first place, we have Bernard Arnault, the Louis Vuitton guy. That's why you need to take a meeting with Kanye West, Bernard Arnault. Number two, we have Elon Musk. Last time I checked, he was number one, so get it together. Number three, Jeff Bezos. I'm old enough to remember when Jeff Bezos was at number one as well. How the mighty have fallen to only $128.7 billion in net worth. Damn, that divorce did him dirty. And then we got number four, Larry Ellison, coming in at $121 billion in net worth. And listen, if you guys listen to this a week later and it's changed, don't come crying at me. It's not my fault that these people are are making so many moves that these yeah, numbers change every that day. the stock market. Bill Gates all the way at number assets. five. Remember when he was at number two? Those were the days. Warren Buffett, number six. And then we get to people whose names I don't know. Oh, but Michael Bloomberg, number nine. Interesting. People like this never show up in leaks or like scan like when things come out bill gates zuckerberg these tech billionaires like warren buffett michael bloomberg you never hear about them in like the panama mm. papers right it's mm. it's never like the people actually at the top it's usually sure like foreign more. billionaires like oligarchs Russians. right it's always foreign or it's like more like mid-tier yeah anyway larry ellison fourth richest man on the earth loves surveillance in fact in 2002 in january 2002 after 9 11 the new york times let him write an opinion piece where he argued that the u.s should have one national security database with national id cards and mandatory iris scans so this is this whole thing right databasing everything housing it all in one place Mm. not trying to have like disparate data management systems all having it in one place coincidentally that place being oracle so he said quote a national security database combined with biometrics thumbprints handprints iris scans or whatever is best can be used to detect people with false identities that's what he said we'll have the shape of your asshole yeah there's just like what three million people with security clearance who can access this one database who uh you know it's not good for secrets when you're trying to impress the other guys on the discord right with your but it is good for control because if you have all the information in one place you can see a bird's eye view and you know try to manipulate things to fit your agenda Okay, so more on Larry Ellison as a guy. Now I want to hear about... more about him, yeah. You want to hear more? Give me more. Well, like you said, he's not religious, but like most American billionaires, is an Israeli occupation supporter. He said, quote, I certainly respect people who believe these are literally true, referring to like the stories in the Bible, but mm-hmm. I don't. Um, but that obviously doesn't stop him from giving tens of millions to the Friends of the IDF, also known as FIDF. He gave them their single largest donation that the FIDF ever received. And... There's reports that he's close with Netanyahu, like who knows how much of that is actually true, but he definitely did fly Prime Minister Netanyahu out to his private Hawaiian island to offer him a seat on Oracle's board, according to Haaretz in 2021, mm-hmm. which is an Israeli newspaper. Almost too rich to be bothered, like he has a yacht racing team, he owns an island in Hawaii, Lanai, mm-hmm. or he, he owns 98% of it, rather. I and, did see recently that he was pulled over on the yeah. island that he, yeah, he was yeah. speeding on the island that he owns. He, yeah, he blew a stop sign on the island that he basically owns. Did he cry to get out of that ticket? Or did we can he just watch say, the like, video. I fucking own Well, you. no, like, he actually didn't throw his name around. And, like, if you read, like, the bootlickers in the comments or, like, any reporting about it, it's like, oh, my God, wow, like, respect. Like, he, but it's like he paid throwing it your to name around is for when 
you're in a mess that you need to get out of. Like he's too rich for that to even, you know what I'm saying? It was so annoying to read the comments because everyone's like, wow, like what a stand up guy. And it's like literally fourth is rich, fourth richest man on earth. Obviously he's not gonna throw a fit and be like, do you know who I am? Like he's mm -hmm. too cool for all of that. He could, he could pay a thousand of those tickets. What a cool guy got pulled over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's like, wow, respect. And it's like, I don't think you get any points for not throwing your name around when you're the fourth richest man on earth. Yeah, I didn't oh, know you Hawaii. could own a piece of Hawaii. Right. I thought a it was. Piece. Yeah. So this is a New York Post in 2022. Life on Larry Ellison's Hawaiian Islands is so expensive, only the super rich could afford it. Great. Oh, I wanted to visit Larry. Yeah, I wanted to get pulled over in a McLaren. Oh my god, shortly after buying the island, he built a Nobu, the high-end Japanese restaurant where dinner for two could easily exceed $1,000. His kids are in media. Um, his son, David Ellison, founded Skydance Media. Megan Ellison founded Annapurna Pictures, both huge production companies. Skydance is oh, like yeah. Mission Impossible, Star Trek, Top Gun, Terminator, Transformers, Jack Ryan, True Grit, Gemini Man, World War Z, Baywatch. Damn. Annapurna, I mean, you know, got that Ellison family money. Um, Annapurna, Zero Dark Thirty, Her, Sausage Party, Vice, Booksmart, Hustlers, Killing Them Softly, The Master, American Hustles. I've literally never seen any of these, but I know that they're big names. <laughs> That's the Ellison family money in there. So it's just interesting how, uh... Yeah, a little succession theme here. Yeah, I media, guess. Like, one foot in media, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're gonna see any themes of, uh, themes against the CIA in any of these movies. Yeah, not the reason our dad made money. Yeah. Mm -mm. And of course, it's like, you know, who knows how much of a say those kids actually have, but that's where the money's coming from. Larry Ellison did uh, invest in Elizabeth Holmes' Theranos project. Oh, okay. Tell me about that. One of, that's all I got. <laughs> oh, okay. Because he I've just, heard about that, but I don't know what that is. Murdoch. Oh, yeah. yeah Theranos, mm -hmm. it's, it was like a startup that um, basically you could take a blood sample, like prick your finger at home and you'd get a full analysis of diseases that you're you might have or be okay. in danger of having of developing and yeah so uh elizabeth holmes is soon to go to prison for defrauding investors oh yeah what did and what did of those have? investors you got henry kissinger larry ellison all the people you like you were happy got ripped off got ripped off uh the clintons they were in there too hilarious liz get back out there it's so funny like she i dropped I somehow the voice. managed to like not learn about that there's story three documentaries you can watch i know like, i i refuse a lady boss fraud is yeah. the oh my god hollywood just ate it up we loved her a blonde, a, a blonde yeah very interesting story i recommend you watch did yeah. you watch um inventing anna because that was really disappointing I didn't know. It's the one about that yeah, other lady. Boss I don't fraud. usually like dramatized versions was... of like recent history. Um, really tragic thing happened to me. Actually, it's oh. been a painful. I last feel like this few is going to be a joke. <laughs> Damn it! Sorry, go. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. What happened? I lost I'll play along. my blue check no. on Twitter. What? It's gone. You know, I thought 
years ago when I took a picture of my license and submitted it to Twitter. You'd be golden for the rest of your I life. I thought it meant something. And I just lost it. Couldn't get it back. Um, there were a couple of days where if you put former blue check in your bio, a blue check would like show up. But No fucking way. Yeah, it was some weird code thing. But right now I need to get my revenge on Elon Musk since he took away my blue check. I'm going to be like the... The Ida Tarbell of Musk's companies. I know nobody's going to get this I don't reference. Get it, so I need that. Nobody's going to get this reference. So I will explain it. Ida Tarbell, her father had an oil company that was a competitor against Standard Oil, you know, the Rockefeller company. And she wrote like a three volume takedown of, of Rockefeller and all his anti competitive practices. And, uh, so she did it because yeah, I'm gonna do that because he if took you away my blue on check. This podcast. <laughs> mm. Oh, Larry Ellison is not verified on Twitter. He's just like you, know, refuses to. I'm pay. gonna throw him a follow. Why not? Mm. So, after I experienced the night of long knives on Twitter, I um, got a little deeper into. T- the Twitter implosion news, and there is kind of something funny happening with NPR. So NPR got like state affiliated news, the state affiliated news label, which, okay, they are not like literally speaking, they're not state funded. Mm. So they were like, fuck you. Well, they have a little public money, but like they should really have like ExxonMobil affiliated more than <laughs> Yeah, state. Yeah, exactly. So there, there are a lot of corporate connections. There's a lot of government connections, but it's like... BBC and RT have more in common than um, NPR and yeah. RT. So um, they decided in January that they were going to leave Twitter because it's a cesspool of hate and mis- misinformation. And it's no longer a healthy place for us to be. And okay. I was like, when was it a healthy place? Right. I don't know. And so they said they would boycott the site. A lot of news organizations are doing this. And then Musk was like, well, NPR, if you don't come back and use your 8 million follower account, I'm going to give the account to somebody else. He's like, what do you guys think about National Pumpkin Radio? Ha ha ha. Well, while people were paying attention to the NPR news, I think there was something that kind of slipped through the cracks, Mm. a little bit of under the radar news, which we love. A lot of sites that were automatically posting from their WordPress sites a lot of automatic posting accounts said, fuck it, we cannot be on Twitter anymore. That means weather. Mm. That means train updates. Mm. So you can't get MTA updates on Twitter, which was Why? Because it's automated? Place. Because it's automated. And basically, Musk was like, okay, no more automated third-party apps. You now have to pay $42,000 a month to do that. On Twitter. So Twitter is becoming less useful for those kind of things. I think it's still going to be a fun place for people who like to shit talk Mm -hmm. and argue and posture. So it's not going anywhere, but it it is becoming less useful. Sad news. I really like the train updates. Yeah, there's so many users on Twitter, though, that it'll come back. Like, you know, like Facebook was quote unquote dying in popular culture. But, like, a lot of people still are on Facebook. Like, yeah, they're older. Yeah, they're maybe not from the city or whatever. Mm. But Facebook is fine and still kicking it. And now it's having a revival because of Facebook Reels. So, like, Mm. these companies are so big that they can kind of afford to have periods of 
quote-unquote failure, Mm. you know, and still make money in the long run. Some true crime. Mm. Are we a true crime podcast? Yeah. Bob Lee, the Cash App founder, was murdered... In April, no. in the streets of San Francisco, he was stabbed three times. Oh, no. Triple and nobody, stabbing. nobody there was helped. A stabbing outside my house a couple weeks ago. Oh, no. Yeah. Was it targeted? Was it targeted? Well, it was personal. It wasn't like crazy person. Like there was a, there was an altercation. There was a dispute. They knew each other. Yeah. And actually my neighbor, you might've met him. He happened to be coming home as it was happening. He like was there after the guy got stabbed and he was like holding his blood wound and like like holding him so like and he died in his arms oh no my, my neighbor who had, didn't know them at all but oh my god that guy must be so traumatized yeah he is but nobody he helped bob lee when he was walking through Bring the street back, love it. <laughs> yeah he was like knocking on doors and collapsing he was like <gasps> no showing his he was like showing his wounds and everybody's like crazy he's like i'm a ceo <laughs> he's like i'm a ceo and then um and then of course Tech billionaires were like, we need to get San Francisco crime under control. There mm. clearly was a so wait, crazy. So he died. Almost. He was stabbed. And he's dead. He's dead. Okay, all right. He did. What's it? Yeah. Also, they found um, little footnote. They found ketamine and cocaine in, in his system. Okay. <laughs> but everybody um, was like, see, they they blamed the San Francisco DA and the mayor. They were like, you guys need to get crime under control. The homeless people are now stabbing CEOs. Was it a homeless person? That and it him? was obviously not <laughs> like what ceo yeah. is walking around by himself yeah. <laughs> like under getting stabbed under a bridge at so 2 was it targeted so it was it was andrew tar- cortina yeah. it was the ceo was, of venmo <laughs> yeah yeah that would be it was like it's Peter Thiel. <laughs> yeah and so the um suspect who's now allegedly charged with the murder or charged with the murder i don't know where we need to put allegedly but i'm just gonna put allegedly in front of the whole segment yeah <laughs> to make well, he this was allegedly legal. the murderer he was allegedly the murderer yeah he, he this guy's name is Neem, nima momeni uh no, it's- iranian guy oh. <laughs> Okay. Why no was it now? Nima Mo. Nima Momeni. Nima Momeni. Um, and what happened was it sounds like Bob Lee was like flirting with his sister. Oh, with flirting and with his Nima sister, Mo's sister is like on the super street? hot. No, they were like hanging out okay. in his apartment and or her apartment and um apparently nima was like hey did you give my sister drugs um are you hitting on my sister that kind of thing and his sister is married to one of the most famous plastic surgeons in uh san francisco we don't know the whole story all we do know is that it was not a homeless person right it was not a crazed homeless person jack dorsey the ceo of square which is now called block heartbreaking he said bob was instrumental to square and cash app so all these tech ceos are are RIPing. i love how jack dorsey's like oh this is heartbreaking you know he was instrumental he was a good guy and elon musk's like violent crime is horrific something needs to be done yeah meanwhile it was just a dude he knew yeah it was a 
domestic dispute, I guess you could file that under. Yeah, the old hot sister file. Hot Persian sister file. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it for the news. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Cargo Cult. I'm Nima Garibani. And I'm Michelle Greenstein. See you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. You're the godfather of technology. You're beating everybody. collections of cars, jets, private homes, owning the island of, of Lanai. Tell me how you did it. Well, I think, I think my favorite line is I had all the disadvantages necessary for success.